Uh, we answered the first question, can you trust God? We know that you can trust God. Amen. We talked about, um, is it God or is it chance last week? That's what we dealt with last week. And tonight, uh, we also talked about and we answer, asked the question, is God in control? We know that God is in control. Never let that escape you, that fact escaped you, escape you that God is in control. Even when it seems like your life is, come on somebody, out of control. Amen. I want you to understand our suffering has meaning and purpose in God's plan. I'm going to say it one more time. Our suffering has purpose and meaning in God's eternal plan. Amen. God who allows all things to come to pass. God who allows things into our lives. Watch this. It is so that he would get glory from you. Are you with me? I was, I was listening to a message that I preached in 2008, and one of the points I was making in that, mess, in that sermon was that God will use your enemies sometimes, amen, to, to cause you to get closer to him, amen. Sometimes it takes adversity. Sometimes it takes trials and testings for us to get the point, amen. And so tonight, we want to talk about, we're moving into a new subject tonight as it pertains to God. And I want to talk about God's sovereignty. God who is sovereign. Now, we're going to explain that here in a minute. And we're going to talk about it. And, and, and I want to quote from an old document. The Westminster uh, Confession of Faith gives a description of God who is eternal. This is, the, this is the definition. A confession is what they would use back in those days in the church to affirm your belief in God. So, for instance, people, when they joined church back in the day, they wouldn't just join church. They would learn these different confessions. We believe in the, in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Trinity. We believe in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you know, things like that. And so... The Westminster Confession of Faith, uh, chapter 3 of the Westminster Confession of Faith says this. God, and this is a, something that you need to understand who God is. God from all eternity did by the most wise and holy counsel of his own free will and unchangeable ordain whatsoever comes to pass. Let me, let me bring it to English. In other words, he, the Westminster Confession said that God, who is eternal, has brought all things to come to pass. Everything that you see, God is not the author of confusion, but he does bring all things, amen, to pass. Amen. I'm going to say it one more time. He brings all things to pass. God, who is Eternal. you got to understand what eternal means. Eternal means that God is in a place where there's no time. Listen to me real good. you got to listen. If you're going to trust God while you're going through, you got to know God. Do I have somebody? And you got to know God beyond just God, wait, thank you for waking me up this morning. 
God, thank you for doing this. Or God, I need this. Or God, I need that. You and I must come to know what I call the attributes of God. Right? So here are some attributes, right? That God is eternal. Amen. God is all-knowing. Come on, somebody. God is merciful. Amen. And when we understand God, who he is, you know, it's like saying, trust me, but you don't know me. You ever hear people say that? Trust me. <laughs> Whenever you hear that word, you better go running because that's probably a person you can't trust. <laughs> because if they have to sell you on trusting them, then something is wrong. I'm trying to help you. God is not trying to sell us. On, his, on us trusting him. God wants you to believe who he is. And before I can trust someone, I got to know who they are. And, and so we, we, we talked about that he is in control, but because God is in control, we, we lean towards this understanding of God that he's sovereign. Now, if you look at the word sovereign, you'll see the word reign in there. That God reigns over everything. There's nothing that was created that God did not get, was involved in. All right? Go to Romans chapter 1 for me. And I want to show you something real quick. Uh, look at verse 20. All right? And, and here's the thing about God. God wants you to know him. But the way God wants you to know him is that God wants from you and I a personal relationship with him, but God also wants you to understand that he is been, he has been showing us. Amen. From the moment we were born, he's been revealing himself to us. Now, why would God do that? Why would God want to reveal himself to us? Okay, so that we would know him. What else? Remember this Bible study, right? So that we would trust him. Have a relationship with him. Can I ask you a question? When you think about God, right, and having a relationship with him, when you were a child, what did that look like? What did you think about when you thought about God? Big man in the sky. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody, right? And it is my job as your pastor to teach you not to move past just the God you imagine to the God that is in the Bible. Are you with me? See, when I, when I understand God's sovereignty, I don't panic because I know that someone bigger is in control. Look at verse, look at verse 19. Uh, it says, because that which is known about God is evident where? Within them. Now I didn't want to. I didn't want to go back too far because I want to stay on track tonight, right? <laughs> Watch this. Watch this. That which is known about God is evident where. So God created us with the ability to know Him. Are you with me? Listen, believer and unbeliever. That we would know him. That through our unbelief, we would come to know God through Jesus Christ. 
You with me? Watch this. But why would God go through all of that? Because God knew what happened in the garden with Adam and Eve. So he knew that we were spiritually blind. We were spiritually dead. Come on, somebody. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. And then now God is made evident to us himself. Look at the text. It says, for God made it evident to them. Watch verse 20. It says, for since the creation of the world, his what? Invisible attributes, his eternal, see it? His, his eternal power. You know what he says, invisible attributes? That's where we find his omniscience. And that's where we find his omnipresence and those types of things. And then when we talk about his eternal power, right, we're looking around and we see what God has created from eternity past. And we see now that it's still going on. Watch the text. It says, and his divine nature has been what? Clearly seen. Now, let me, let me ask this question, right? When life hurts, isn't it amazing how we forget all what we know? When life throws us swift transitions, isn't it amazing how all of the things that we have experienced with God, it just goes out the window because we're so focused on the situation that we're not focused on God who's in control of the situation. Are you with me? It says it's been clearly seen, being understood through what has been what? Made. Write this down. General revelation. God gives us special revelation through the word of God. But God gives us general revelation through the world and what he has created to show us that he is in control. Now saints, when we are going through. Anybody going through anything? Huh? Don't forget the sovereign God, the eternal God has made evident to you and I that he does exist. Don't fall for the chance and the luck and the, you know, it, 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 it happened because, you know, because I was a good person. No, 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 no. Watch the text. The text says, being understood that by what has been made so that we, so that they, that we, are without what? See, when you throw up your hands and say, I'm done, and you throw your tantrums, come on, y'all, and you say, I'm done, I quit, God said, that's not a good excuse. I'm, I'm going to say it one more time. That's not a good excuse to walk away from me. That's not a good excuse, amen, to deny me. That's not a good excuse, amen, that you can say, man, I'm through with this stuff, man. This stuff is too hard. The hardest thing you'll ever do in life, come on, somebody, is continuing this race. Amen. You know why? Because it wasn't given to the swift, but it was given to the one who endures to the end. And the more you try to live for God, anybody been trying to live for God? The more, you ever notice it? You ever notice the more you try to live for God, watch this, the more the devil shows up. But watch this, you got to remember what you know 
and remember that we are without excuse. Are you with me? So God who is sovereign. God who is sovereign. God who is omniscient. God who has revealed himself to us is saying to you and I, when life hurts, trust me. Trust me because what you know is true. Don't doubt what you know. See, you don't have to be a theologian to trust God. It takes simple faith. Are you with me? I want you to go to, um, go to James for me. Go to James chapter, uh, chapter. well, let's look at James chapter 1 real quick because I need to help some there. All right? And, 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 and what I want, want you to understand with God's sovereignty, uh, with God being in control, um, even your trials are under his control. Amen? Even your testing is under his control. But the testing that God puts us through is for this reason. You ready? For this reason and this reason only. You ready? You with me? Listen to this. It is to prove whether or not you're genuine or not. It's, 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 for, it's for testing to see if you're genuine. Is my faith genuine? Is it, am I real? Because a lot of times we can go through the motions. A lot of times we can go through just holding on. Looking the part, singing the part. Come on, somebody, lifting our hearts in the part. Come on. But, but God is saying, here's what God is saying to us. I am sovereign. I am in control. But you got to understand this test that you're going through is for your good. Watch the text. James chapter 1, verse 2 says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter what? Oh, not just trials, but various trials. That word means color. Can you imagine that our trials has certain degrees of pressure? Come on, somebody. He says when you're surrounded by multicolored trials, he says knowing that the testing of what? Your faith does what? produces endurance. And he says, and let endurance have its what? Perfect results so that you may be perfect. That word perfect means mature. See, what God is really trying to do through, the, through our situations is he's trying to mature us. He's trying to get us to move from milk to meat. He's trying to get us from, to move from just doing childish stuff and responding childish to our situation to start re responding like an adult. Come on, somebody. Watch the text now. He says, look what he says. He says, he says but, um, but if any of you, what? Lacks wisdom. Now, what I always say is this. Don't ask God to get you out of your trial. Ask God for the wisdom to navigate through the trial. Know why? Because if you don't get the wisdom to go through it, you're going to have to take it over again. 
See, we want relief, but what we really need is we really need the wisdom. God, show me how to navigate through this. Come on, somebody. Somebody right now, you got to ask God for the wisdom to handle that situation. You're worried about what's going to happen, but I'm saying to you to trust God and believe that he's what? In control. I want you to flip on down for a minute. And I, and I, and I want you to go to verse 12 now. Mm-hmm. I want, to, I want to show you something now. I want to show you something. Somebody read that for me. We end up we're in Bible study, huh? Read that for me. Blessed is the man who what? Who perseveres under what? Man, when you read the Bible, man, it, it'll trip you out, right? You're like, man, come on, man. Are you serious? Like, I have trials. Without trials, you wouldn't be who you are today. Some of you are battle-worn and battle-tested. Come on, how many of you been through some stuff that you can honestly say, I made it through that, Pastor. I made it through that, and guess what? I'm going to make it through some more stuff. He says, but look, look, what he, look what he equates blessings with. He says, blessed. Notice the word. That word, blessed. You know what the word means? Oh, you've been here a little while, huh? <laughs> you've been in Bible study a little while. It means happy. But it does not mean you're walking around, oh, I'm happy, my bills are due. No, it's not saying that. What it's saying is you have a demeanor about you. Come on, somebody. That you, look, you have an outlook on life, right, that even when everything is falling apart, you still got your joy. Come on, help me, somebody. Go ahead. Ah, once he's been proven to be real. See, it's a new day, y'all. And watch this. The testing that you're going through is to prove whether or not you're a real diamond or you're a CZ. Or you're gold-plated. Or you're steel. You know, they got steel chains now that look almost like silver. God wants to know, are you for real? Because he's already proven that I am real. So he says, once you've been what? Approved, what will you receive? See, here's the thing, y'all. Here's what I want to say to you. Stop living for just being on earth and think about you're going somewhere. You will wear a crown one day. But you know what the crown is for? The crown is not for you. If you notice, the Bible says the crown is to cast. Can you imagine you're standing before Jesus and you have nothing to cast at his feet? You come empty-handed. Because you avoided the trials that you're going through because you feel like you don't deserve this because you suffered long enough. Let me say something to you. Let me, let me explain something to you. The more real you are, the more testing you're going to go under. Amen. So don't look at it as you're being picked on. Look at it as you're being proven to be what? Genuine. God is sovereign tonight. The enemy will try to cast fear in your heart so that you can avoid what you're going through. 
But he's a lie. He's been a lie and he's the father of lies. Amen? What, what, keep reading. Let, let no one say what? I'm sorry. You receive a crown of life. Go ahead. Ooh, man. All right. Go ahead. Let no one say when he's tempted. What? All right. So right there is where the problem is when we're going through. Right there is the problem. Talk to a guy. We have a member in our church. His, his grandmother died. No, his, his aunt died on Friday. A couple hours later, his grandmother died. Two in one day. Man, listen, there's some tough stuff to go through. And sometimes we're facing even tougher things. But here's the thing. You can't say that God has been unfair. Come on, y'all. You cannot say that God is unfair. Because God is still in control of that situation right now. If you were to get out of the way. And let him have his way. You and I would find joy in what we're going through. Look what he said. He said, don't say I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by what? Evil. And he himself. All right. So let me, let me give you a good vocabulary now. Okay. Don't say God called, God did this. You change your vocabulary. God allowed this. All right? So we ain't saying God did. God did that to me. God, No, God allowed. Now, watch this. The reason why I want you to use that vocabulary is because now you're operating within the realm of understanding that God is sovereign. That God allowed it. So if he allowed it, come on, help me now. Come on, right here. Watch this. If he allowed it, that means he knows what he's doing, huh? Yeah. Come on, I wish I had a few people right there. Come on, y'all. If he allowed it, then that means he knows what he's doing. And to question him and to point our fingers at him and to say you're not right, God, is to say that, God, you don't know what you're doing. How many can say he's, a, he's an on-time God? He ain't just on time when things are good. He's on time when things are bad. He's on time when it happens, when it's supposed to happen. And you ever notice things happen in threes? Washer breaks, the refrigerator breaks, the car breaks, same time. Everything out. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You lose your job. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Your bank account get hacked. Come on, y'all. You then, then, then on top of that, you lose your phone. Don't lose your phone. Oh my gosh. And on top of that, you didn't have no insurance. You with me? Anybody that been there? I mean, just stuff just happens, right? And then you're saying, "Is God like what is going on? Is God in control?" Yes, He is in control. And can I tell you something? He's so much in control that He knows how you're going to respond. So the timing of God in his sovereignty is what you need to understand, what we need to understand. One of the things we do, wh whether we acknowledge it or not, is we complain when things go bad. 
and we forget the sovereignty of God. Go to James chapter 4 now. James chapter 4, and let's go to verse 13. Let me, let me, let me have somebody read that now. Let me, let, me show you, let me show you something about how much God is in control. Watch this. I thank God for God's, God's not so much in control. I want to say he's in absolute control. Okay, now I'm, that's not just an idea in my mind. That is something that I believe, and that is something that I live. See, see here's the thing. You know, people say... People say this, oh, you ought to trust God. You ain't trusting God? How are you going to tell me to trust God? And when I look at you, you ain't, you panicking. <laughs> you ain't praying. You ain't standing still. You, you stop going to church. Come on. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Come on, man. Listen, we got to understand that if God is sovereign, then he's not just sovereign when things are good. Watch this. Come now what? Mm-hmm. Right? In other words, there's people with big plans. Follow what I'm saying? Look, look, look. Today and tomorrow, you understand? There's nothing wrong with planning. Don't, don't, don't plan. Check it out. He says what? See? 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 All right. So, so, so the New American Standard said this. What is your life? What your, he said, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. Yet, you are just a what? You are just a what? Man, have you ever, have y'all ever smoked? I know it's all of you, but some of you. Gone. We're just here for a moment. Why is your life, you want me to say, I'm going to say it, so jacked up in that short time that you have here on earth, why not enjoy it? You know what I believe it is? You want to control it and not release it to God and allow him to navigate it. He wants to be the pilot. You got to be the passenger. Are you with me? You don't know what tomorrow's going to be. We got big plans for tomorrow. He says, your life, I'll never forget it. Never forget this story. Never forget this. My pastor, who I love dearly, spent all these years working, built a brand new house, I mean, everything in it, man. And all the trap, I mean, you know, custom built. And slept in it one night. And then he's coming up culling and had a heart attack and died. Vapor. 
We got all these plans, y'all. But our lives, today is his birthday. Look at that. I'm talking about him today. Look at that. Praise God. Look at this. Look at this. It's just a vapor. We put so much stock on the material things that we don't have, the things that we want, but we're not putting stock in the greater thing that we need, and that is a stronger relationship with God. God, who controls your tomorrow. Watch the text. The text says, instead, you ought to say what? Wills. He will what? We will live and also do what? This or that. In other words, he's saying, man, listen, God, your will. Are you with me? God, listen, not a single in all of the universe outside of God's sovereign control. So you know what that means? That means I can trust him. Tell your neighbor you got to trust him. You got to trust him. Go to 2 Timothy 1.12. Paul is talking to Timothy. We in Bible study, right? Okay, I'm just checking. Every now and then I got to remind myself where I'm at. 2 Timothy chapter 1. My goodness. And verse 12. Verse 12. Watch this. Y'all. My goodness. Go, go to, uh, go, go, to um, go to verse 8. Go to verse 8. Read that for me. Can you imagine that Paul, who lived as an apostle of Jesus Christ, his ministry was suffering? He suffered his whole life. But he says, don't, he says, he says, don't be ashamed of me because I'm in jail and I'm preaching to you from jail. <laughs> he said, because my cause for Christ has brought me here. Can I ask you a question? Could it be because you're living for Christ, you're going through that? Have you ever thought about that? Could it be that because of your commitment to him, that, that that's the reason why things are the way they are? But God is still in control. Watch the text. Read on. Read on. Suffering for the gospel going to the power of God. Verse 9. What kind of calling? Uh-huh. Right there. Right there. See, God didn't save you because you were a good person and you were doing good things in the church. No, God saved you because he has a purpose. And because he's sovereign, his purpose. Listen, you can run, but you can't hide. You can keep running from him. You can say, I ain't doing it. God, I know. I, I don't know what it is. I'm not doing it. But eventually, you will run right back into him. 
You follow what I'm saying? Because if you leave this way, he's going to show up right there. He'll show up wherever you are because he's God. He's sovereign. Okay? But watch this now. He says what? He said he didn't call you because you're doing good works. And we were just talking about, you know, being here in this community, uh, going out and being safe and things like that. And, and, I, and, I, and I was speaking to someone. I said, hey, we were sent here on purpose. But you got to be careful that the enemy does not turn that purpose into an opportunity. So we exercise wisdom, come on somebody, in what we do. You with me? Watch this. He says what? And, and it, it, for his own purpose and grace which was granted to us in Christ Jesus for all eternity. But now has been revealed by the appearing of our what? Savior Christ Jesus who abolished what? Death and brought life and, and what? Immortality to light through the what? The gospel. For which I was appointed a what? A preacher. And an apostle and a teacher. For this reason I also. See what he, see what he suffered for? For being a what? An apostle. A preacher. A teacher. Come on and help me somebody. Listen, my suffering don't stop. Okay? It comes. It comes. Constantly. It's just how you handle it. But because I know God is sovereign, I don't trip. It may catch me off guard. I may drop a bomb or something. <laughs> but I come back. You with me? Watch the text. The text says, he says, he says, for he says what? He says, for I suffer, for this reason I also suffer these things, because I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have what? Listen, mash it. I'm closing here. I got 24 seconds. Watch this. Do you know who you believe in? Do you really believe? Paul says, I'm good. I know why this is happening. Because of my purpose. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to help you. Your purpose, when you left your purpose, you left your purpose and God brought you right back to your purpose. Your purpose will be fulfilled. You can keep running, you keep hiding, you keep doing whatever you want to do, straddling the fence between two worlds. But guess what? Your purpose, you, God's going to bring it to pass. But watch what he says. Watch what he says. He says, I believe and I am what? I am what? Can I ask you a question? Are you convinced? Are you convinced that God is in control? Then live like it. Stop complaining about it. Consider it all joy. Blessed. What's the word blessed? Is the one who what? Persevere under what? Trials. Paul says, I, am, I believe and I, I am convinced that he is what? Read it, read it, read it. He's what? Able. Just stop right there. 
He's able. And the reason he's able because I've seen God do things. Anybody seen him do something? I mean, come on, y'all. Anybody ever seen him? Listen, he raised the dead. He healed blind eyes. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Heal the sick. He saved our souls. But I am convinced. I am truly convinced that God is in control. Oh, God, help me not to be so selfish that when I'm going through, all I do is complain. I believe and I am what? Convinced that God is what? Able to do what? To guard or to protect what I have what? What I have entrusted to him. Have you got to that level in your relationship just yet? Have you entrusted your children to them? You're so worried about them driving. You, oh my God. Have you entrusted your finances to him? Man, well, let's back all that up. Have you entrusted your life to him? Because if he's sovereign and if he's in control and if you believe that and are convinced going trip. Paul says to, to Timothy, Timothy, I have entrusted it to him until what? That day. Write this down. There's no take backs. Quit taking it back when you get mad. Some of you stop tithing because you're mad now. Oh boy. Some of you stop serving because you get upset because somebody said something. Listen, listen, listen. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're not hurting this, you're hurting yourself. We are we have to be solid people. Genuine, genuine. We're not CZs, we're diamonds. And when we give God something, listen, when you give it to him. How many want to give it to him tonight? How many want to give it to him tonight? How many really want to just put it at his feet? God, I'm going to entrust this to you tonight. I'm going to believe because I'm convinced that he is in control. God bless you. He's in control. I almost left this lesson tonight. I'm glad I didn't. Um, I want to say to somebody here tonight. You're going through a transformation is what you're going through. But it takes a little bit of pain. A little bit of chipping here, chipping there, pressure, 
pressure that you're under right now is bringing up who you really are. See, what they do with diamonds, they put it under pressure. And you know what the pressure is doing? The pressure is not just pulling out the impurities. The pressure is also shaping it into whatever shape they want it to be.